God is good, amen? Oh, wow, Russia was amazing. Uh, Wow, two weeks over there was uh, absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Just what the Lord is doing around the world is incredible, and it's an honor that we get to be a part of it, amen? Uh, Just amazing. So I just want to acknowledge, this is Veterans Day, and uh, just acknowledge uh, if you had a family member of any kind, grandpa, grandma, father, mother, whatever, great-grandma, grandpa, that was in the service, any form of the, the military, uh, just stand real quick, if that's you. I'm standing, my dad was, your grandpa was, yeah. Hallelujah. So, we celebrate this day because we have freedom. Even if we didn't have freedom, we'd celebrate this day because people served and lost their life to give us freedom. They fought war, they fought battle to bring freedom to this country or the America, whichever country you're from. And we need to celebrate the remembrance of that. Because if we don't, we lose the testimony of what took place. And if we lose the testimony of what took place, we'll only look at current circumstances to justify where our nation's going. But we need to remember where our nations come from. We came to this country for the freedom of religion. We came to America first, to Canada. We came because to get freedom of religion, to get freedom of Christianity, to get freedom of, that's how our foundational truths were laid into into Canada and into America. And so I'm standing as well. My dad fought the whole second war, was in the whole second war. And he's now in heaven, but he fought the whole second war as well. So let's just, let's just pray for the generations that have gone before us. Mm. If you know somebody that was in either of the three forces of police force, fire department, or ambulance, if that's you know somebody or your, I'm sorry, if it's a family in you or you're in it, just stand You've been involved. I know John's been in it. Uh, Come on, Misha, stand up. Because I'll tell you something. I'm going to add one more to this group. If you're part or your family's been part of teaching in the school systems, just stand. The reason I'm doing this is We have a remembrance of why we fought wars for our freedom. But what keeps us free and keeps us safe are our police forces, our fire departments, our emergency ambulance. I'm going to add one more now, hospitals. Anyone involved with doctors, doctor's offices, uh, hospitals, stand. Amen. So, let's celebrate the veterans that have gone before us to prepare this country for us, number one. Number two, the veterans that are still alive, the ones that lost their life, but the ones that are alive, and the ones still fighting. If any one of you, did I mention military? You stand up. You're in military? Yeah, okay. So, Father, we pray right now. In remembrance. 
thank you for the heroes, the men and women that fought and lost their lives, men and women that fought and survived any of our wars and battles for this country. We remember them, Father. We remember that they felt this country was worth dying for. That our Constitution was worth fighting for. And Father, for all the other service helpers, the ones that keep us safe, police force, RCMP, Fire departments, volunteers, staffers, ambulance attendants, paramedics, hospitals, doctors, dentists, everybody, Father, that betters our health and keeps us safe. Pray a blessing upon them, Lord, right now. Even our hospitals that we complain and grumble at, but Lord, I tell you what, I've been in some hospitals in other countries that we should never speak up about the negativity of our own. Because I will tell you, if we visit a few other countries, we'll be mighty happy with what we have. <laughs> yes, Lord, I thank, thank you, Father, that you know who is our Prime Minister. <laughs> and that we are told to pray and intercede for our government. So we do that, Father. Lord God, we will stand on guard. See you, country. So our sons and daughters and our grandchildren and great-grandchildren will have a country of freedom. To bind the enemy forces trying to destroy the freedom. In Jesus' name. We bind the groups religious, false religion groups that are trying to destroy freedom. Freedom of speech means freedom of speech. If you're a different religion, you have the right to speak it, but we as Christians have the right to speak it. That's called the freedom of speech. And we stand on that, Father. We stand on it. We fight for it. We contend for it. Through prayer, through love, and through grace. <laughs> Jesus' name. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Bless everyone who served and is a part. I, I am such a firm believer that the structure of our society should be blessed. The police forces, the, the firefighters, the, the doctors, the nurses, the teachers, uh, they need to be blessed. Like, yeah, my conviction. I tell you what, when I travel into great, other great countries, I don't complain when I stand an extra half an hour in the lineup in an emergency or an hour or two because we have an emergency. <laughs> I don't complain when I have to pay hundred and some dollars a month for family medical insurance when so many countries I go to don't have any or any options, or even south of the border. Ask what they pay for medical insurance a month. Yeah, we, 
we might not like exactly everything that happens, but we should for sure be celebrating what's good about the system, what's good about this country. It's an amazing country. Oh, there's issues and problems in every country, just probably like there is in your own life. But if we grumble as much about the issues of our own mindset and negativity and less about the issues around the world, we probably would have a better mindset in ourselves and we wouldn't complain about the problems as much as we'd become the answer. Some of the squawkiest people I hear are the ones that have the most dysfunction in their own life. I'm like, if you could spend 10% of your energy that you're spending out on everybody else, slamming or slandering or whatever, or speaking negative to them, why not just take 10%, 50% of that energy and transform your own life, your own heart, your own mind? Of course I'm not speaking to the people in this house because you're already transformed, right? I'm just kidding. I prayed for a lady in Russia, and she fell out of 70 years old and was getting out of the city bus, and the bus driver just took off, and she went under the rear wheels and lost both her legs, and great minister, great evangelistic, evangelist lady, she's actually well known. And so it created a bad disorder in the blood, and she's now been given it happened two years ago, just under two years ago. Now she's been given just a death sentence of a few months. So um, went and prayed for her. And I know we have accidents here, but you see, there was no medical help there. The bus never stopped. And there was no, no government helping her financially or anything. It was like, wow, it's just too bad it happened to you. So I just want us to be thankful. For the men and women that served and have served and are serving. And for each of us, you might not be in the military or in the police force or wherever, but you're still a server of, the, of this country. If you're a citizen, then you're a server. Oh, Atlas, where did I get all that from? Okay. Oh, Amen. Psalms 133. Psalms 133, verses 1 to 3. Hmm, that's filled my heart. Let's just lift up Columbia right now. MPJ Ministries, they've just finished some big camp ministry, uh, youth ministry, uh, children ministries down there in Columbia. We bless MPJ. Uh, Father, we bless them um, and everything they do in Columbia and all through South and Central America. Uh, their missionaries that they've sent out, the young people that they've sent out as missionaries, uh, we pray blessing upon them, Father. Our churches in Russia, we pray blessings upon them, Lord God. In Mexico, uh, we pray blessings upon all of our ministries and churches in Mexico, Father. We thank you, Father, for what they do. Even uh, in Karachi, Pakistan, Father, as they're, they're even uh, uh, literally on TV showing my teachings. And I just pray blessing upon them, Father, as they have translated this and, and are, are sending it out to literally millions upon millions of people um, and we thank you Father God and in Canada our ministries Lord in America and around the world we just blessings Lord but not just our ministries Father but the ministries of the gospel of Jesus Christ every church in this valley every church in Canada Christian Bible believing church we pray blessing Lord even if we don't see eye to eye on everything Father we stand on the truth and the foundation of the word of God that Jesus Christ is a living Lord <laughs> that he rose from the dead 
after dying on the cross. He is risen, he is risen, he is risen. He's not despised and rejected in the spirit. He is eyes like fire, hair like wool, shining wool. Uh, Father, he is, yeah. Mm. I like John's interpretation of who he is now in Revelation. So we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ah, Amen. That's Russian. Amen. About the only word I know in Russian. I, I, I know a couple of them. I just can't remember them right now. Uh, Psalms 133, verse 1 and 3. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. How good is it? It's so good. So good. So let's all say in agreement, we have come together in unity to this house right now. Unity that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, amen? Unity in spirit, but it doesn't always mean unity in ideas and understandings. Verse 2, it is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down on the edge of his garment. Unity in Old Testament and Old Covenant, the, the, the most precious thing you could have was not riches and fame, but was actually oil being poured down onto you. That was the greatest thing someone could do for you. It was a culture of honor. And to have someone just like uh, what happened at the feet of Jesus, when this precious oil, a year or so worth of oil, wages, went onto his feet. So this is such an important thing about unity, that it literally... Unity starts at the top and flows down to everything you are and everything you touch. Three, verse three. It is like the dew of Hermon. How many of you have been to the Mount Hermon, desert area, dry? Dew is very nice because it actually gets things moist. We have dew all the time here in Canada. So when we want to mow the lawn in the morning, we get frustrated. Dew, go, dew, go. But here it's a blessing. It descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing. What's the blessing? Life forevermore. Amen? Does unity mean total agreement? No. Who here has total agreement with each other? The worst thing is if we as leaders expect you to have total agreement with us, then we become controlling dictator narcissist personalities. You don't have to agree with me, and I don't have to agree with you. On fundamentals of the word, absolutely. If you have a a theology that is contrary to the fundamentals of the scripture, then I'll talk to you about it. You bet. And if we can't convince you through the word of God that you're in error, then we'll probably agree to disagree, but you probably won't like our family that much. The secondaries of scripture... I'm not so worried about in your life or my life. My life I worry, but in your life I'm not so worried about. And we'll talk about that. Biblical unity does not depend on conformity, but on harmony. It's kind of like unity in a family doesn't conform, that doesn't depend on conformity. It depends on harmony. The unity I have with my wife and my children uh, and my family, it's not on conformity. I'm not expecting them to walk every step I walk exactly how I walk and look like I look. Absolutely not. That's ridiculous. But I am expecting harmony. And if I'm expecting harmony, unity and harmony from them, where does it come from first? Well, it's got to come from the head. So it's got to come from Papa in the house in unity. My unity first is with God, not my wife. My unity with God allows me to be unified with my wife. 
which allows me to be unified with my children. It allows me to be unified with you, if you want. The interesting thing about unity is it's two-sided. It takes two people to have unity, two or more. And so many times we'll blame the other side without first finding unity in ourselves. I want to take a look at John chapter 17, starting in verse 20. John chapter 17, starting in verse 20. Oh, where did my... Okay. This is what Jesus prays for all believers. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. I'm praying for the people that will believe in Jesus, in him, and not just believe in them, but through their word. It's an interesting perspective because that word means logos. The word logos, which the logos of, of God is here, okay? It's the logos. But the interesting thing is the word logos uh, it actually has a bunch of different variety of meanings, depending on the implication and the topic and the subject of discourse within it and the reasoning. But it is reasoning, it is motive, it is an extension of who you are, it is compu- a computation, in other words, an understanding, especially when you look at the article of John, through, through John and his teachings, it's divine expression. In other words, Christ in you. So what they're saying here is, Jesus is saying, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their divine expression, through what they believe, through who they are, through their actions, through everything they do, through the way their mind thinks and computes the daily processes. This is the people I'm praying for. Why? Verse 21, so that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me. So if we literally believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we believe that we have access to the Father, that Jesus Christ is the door, we are everlasting doors as well, opening up to the relationship and intimacy with the Father, being filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, that, 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 and through our actions and our deeds, because I tell you what, you can... Feel like you believe in God, but if your actions and deeds are contrary, then I don't believe you believe. (laughs) If our actions are contrary to the word of God, you're believing in something other than his foundational word. You might have his foundation in you, but if you're not applying it wisely, you don't have wisdom of the knowledge of the understanding. And one of those things... Let's take verse 21 and let's flip it to the other side. Let's read it first. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. How much is God in Jesus and Jesus in God? Non-separable. You can't separate them. Verse 22 
that they all may be one, that they will all be one body, they will be one together, one in spirit, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, and they also may be one in us, because that's the answer. Our unity has to be one in God, in us first, to go out to the people around us. That the world may believe that you sent me. You see, this whole thing isn't just about you and me getting all puffed up. This is actually about true evangelism that the world needs to see is a body of believers that actually unify together, even with diversities. They come together instead of separate. I mean, we, we, we have one of the, the biggest names out there just gave their life to Jesus and a whole group of individuals, of Christian people, are questioning it. Why would you question it? If he proclaims Jesus is Lord, then my Bible says... If you proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. <laughs> oh, but what if he falls in the future? Well, then all, all the complainers are going to get up and say, see, I told you he was never saved in the first place. Bad theology. That's a once a Christian, always a Christian. Or if you backslid, you were never saved in the first place. I grew up in it. And I'm a disagreement of it. I believe this, subject to change. I have had many theologies that have changed. Ne My theology has never changed the foundation of the word. That never changes. But theology, theos ohelia, is man's study or man's interpretation of the word. And as I have grown closer and closer to him, more in tune with him, I believe, I'm more of a spirit in me, more of a leadership team around me that keep me going straight. My understanding of his word has changed. I believe that if you're born again, you're sold out for God. No one needs to worry whether or not you're saved. That is no one else's business, but that's between you and God. This whole thing about we have the right to say whether someone's truly saved or not, and then use social media, that is the most dysfunctional, disunified family I'd ever heard of. It's about time we smarten the church up for crying out loud. It's getting so ridiculous out there. It is not your duty to justify whether someone else is saved. Your duty is be saved in Jesus Christ, your life, and let your life be such a living testimony that everybody who's not wants to get drawn to you because you're a shining light for Jesus. The Bible never comes back void. Even if you were up here preaching right now and you did not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but you preach the Bible, it will heal, deliver, and save people, period. No matter your lifestyle or not, this is what's alive. Selah. And I read verse 20, 21, 22 again. I do not pray, this is Jesus speaking, I do not pray for those alone, for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word, through their actions, through their deeds, through who they are, 
their logos. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, which means inseparable. That they also may be one in us so that the world may believe that you sent me. Tell you what, social media is a powerful thing. But whether you're on social media or you're not, your word, your logos, who you are, what you speak, what you say, will either evangelize or turn away. And if you're just lukewarm and neutral, then you're turning them away. you're on fire for God, living a non-perfect life, but living out of a perfect environment called heaven at hand, on earth now, kingdom of God within, doesn't matter if you're perfect in life, what matters is are you perfected through Christ Jesus? Oh, I could never be perfected in Christ Jesus until I die. Why? Verse 22, and the glory which you gave me, I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. And the glory, (laughs) if we come in unity, the glory that God gave Jesus, which is doxa, it's the base for every root of glory in a wide application, literally or figuratively or objectively or subjectively, it means dignity. It means glorious, it means honor, it means praise, it means worship. And the dignity, the praise, the honor, the worship, which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. I'll flip that over and say that if you're not living in praise, worship, dignity, honor of Jesus Christ in your life, then you don't know his glory. We're not finding his glory to the fullness. Maybe we know a bit. Well, you know what? I'm after more of his glory. Oh, you greedy man. Yeah, if that's greed, I'm after more. I will never stop being hungry. I will go for more. Matter of fact, if his glory was in here, I might not be as polite of a Canadian if there's people in front of me. I might be a little bit like a woman that had to touch the hem of Jesus' garment to get there. And all these other people get so offended. If there's glory up here, if there's glory up here, and there's a, a people standing in the way, and you're stuck behind them, how, how, how hungry are you to get to the glory? Oh, excuse me, please. Oh, sorry, sorry, excuse me, excuse me. Oh, excuse me, excuse me. The glory's leaving. Oh, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Excuse me. We're so Canadian. But sometimes... If you get to the four-way stop, way, four-way stop first, just, it's your turn to go. Just go. <laughs> I tell you what. If glory is outside that parking lot right now, I'll leave you guys. I'm going to run out there, not because I don't love you, I just know who I'm most hungry for. Oh, Pastor 
Rand said he's going to leave us for whatever. No, I didn't say that. I said for his glory. Verse 23. Whenever something in the word is spoken once, you listen. When it's spoken twice, in the same subject sentences, you listen very deeply and make it part of your life. If it's a third time spoken in the same context of scripture, it's an absolute. Here it's spoken twice because the only part of absolute is dependent on you. I, verse 23, I in them and you in me that they may be made perfect in one and that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. So repeat. How does the world know? By great evangelists rising up? Yeah, they'll, read, they'll preach the gospel. But I don't care if a great evangelist rises up and isn't living the gospel. I really don't care that he's preaching to big crowds or not. Where's their lifestyle at? What are they truly living in their heart? Oh, that gospel will go forth, absolutely. It's the word of God. But what about the neighbor? What about the person working with you? What about your own family members? What about, what about, what about, what about, what about the ones that are in our sphere of influence? Are we in unity with God? Do we have... Such a unity that, that when something radical happens, we actually have a grace and a love of understanding on how to help it walk through it. That just because your person beside you doesn't think exactly like you, doesn't look exactly like you, that we think we have something greater than they do, you're wrong. As soon as you think you're higher or greater than the other person beside you, you have the wrong understanding of him and him together in me or in you. There's even some people out there, you know, going after, you know, why do you even do promo videos with your name on them or this and that? It's like, you know, why, why are all these people excited to come? Well, the reason they're excited to come is because that's their choice to hear something. But it's not, let me phrase this. You're probably jealous that it's not you on there and you doing the stuff. And so you, because of your anger and jealousy, or jealousy has turned to anger, so you're going to condemn all these others. You're probably be in a different set of shoes if you happen to be the top artist in the world who just got saved. And it's just sold the most, the most amount of Google searches and albums, I think, and whatever, or most amount of Google searches or whatever, for Jesus. Like, I don't, I don't care who he's married to. He's proclaiming the gospel to his wife. And now she's testifying for him. It's like, heaven forbid that any of us came from a dirty lifestyle. sacrilegious people. I tell you, I'll be honest with you, I'm being 
travel into 47 countries of the world, and my social media follows me, and I hear what's going on in North America amongst the Christians. It's disgusting. Not all Christians. I'm just saying some groups. My things pop up mostly. Everybody is celebrating this guy coming to Jesus. Verse 24. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am. Let's just think about that for a moment. Well, it's only when you die. What? Jesus is in me. I have received him as my Lord and Savior. The kingdom of God is within. Whoop. Father, I desire that they also whom you gave me may be with me where I am. In your presence that they may behold my glory, which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. Everything uh, I can literally declare, because Jesus, the Father, is in me, he loves us, that he has loved us as well before the foundation of the world. Well, that's not what it says. It says that Jesus was loved before the foundation of the world. I guess it all depends on how much you believe God knew the future. If you believe that you just sort of happened and he knew nothing about you, then you might not agree with that statement. But it won't make you salvation or not. Verse 25, O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you. And these have known you, that you sent me. And I have declared to them your name and will declare it, that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. Interesting prayer right before the betrayal. (laughs) Anytime you ever feel betrayed, you better go back and read the verses leading up to the betrayal of Christ. kind of makes the betrayal thing disappear a little bit. Has anyone ever felt betrayed? I have, many times. Never by my wife. I feel betrayed by people sometimes. Friends that we love each other, that say things or have left or done their own things, it's hard, it's tough as a minister. Glory, I love that word. Many people feel that unity is with other people outside the family, but true unity starts with you and God. True unity starts with you and God. That unity then brings into your marriage. And that God unity with you then brings into your family. And then that God unity brings in unity to outside people. I felt so strongly praying about this last night and waking up this morning praying about it more and in my office before service. That if you don't have unity in you, 
whatever you do, don't ever judge someone else's issues or problems. Because what you're doing is you're actually creating disunity. I'm not saying we can't judge. I'm just saying we shouldn't judge the way we're judging. Bring with two or three witnesses to the elders, absolutely. Because unity does not accept sin. And this is where a lot of people have been going. Or people that have been hurt, and they're all against the religious structure. I don't like the religious structure either. But just because you disagree with that pastor doesn't mean he's religious structure that you're condemning. Because all the ones that are out there, bam, 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 slamming the daylights out of some churches or the church. If you slam the daylights out of the church, you're either slamming the daylights out of ecclesia or oikos. Those are the two words of the church. I would be very careful when you say, I don't like church or the church. That means you don't like ecclesia, which is the governmental structure of God's kingdom, and you don't like oikos, which is the gathering of the family, the bride of Christ. I tell you what, when I hear it on social media or out of people's mouths, I want to say, get the soap out so I can wash your mouth out. You're slamming the daylights out of the bride of Christ or you're slamming the daylights out of the ecclesia, the governmental structure of the kingdom of heaven, yet you're a, pro a professing Christian. It makes no sense to me. What's that little song we used to sing? Oh, be careful what your little eyes see or something. It's what you see. Little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. For the Father is above. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. Be careful. Keep singing, because the worst thing is, is everybody watching on TV is hearing my voice only right now. Okay. I got through, not even through point one yet. We'll go into this next week. I felt to, and during worship, ask if we could do communion. This was spontaneous communion. Thus, we're not sure how old the grape juice is. I'm just kidding. It's fresh, right? <laughs> and thus, we're going to eat fish crackers. I'm going to make you fishers of men, fishers of men, fishers of men, fishers of men, if you follow me, woo, and I'll put that back and someone will be offended. There, be offended. But what if he washed his hands? I did before I went to Russia.
The Lord laid on my heart that if we don't understand unity first between him and us, then we don't have a voice to speak outside to somebody else about it. He also laid on my heart that if we partake, that we need to make sure we're unified in our heart with him and we're in right standing with him. It's funny how these new updates happen and nothing half works kind of like it used to. So let's take a look in some scripture. Let's get the children up, okay? We're going to get ready for communion. Uh-oh, can children take communion? I don't know, can you? I think sometimes our kids are in a better place in their hearts than sometimes we are as adults, which is why we should never lose We should never lose the sake of our childlike heart and our childlike love. Well, if electronics fails, go back to paper. Get my glasses on. In 1 Corinthians 12, 27. 1 Corinthians 12, starting in verse 27, Therefore, whoever eats this bread, the Lord laid on my heart to read this scripture before we take communion today. Because it had to do with unity first. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood and the Lord of the Lord. But let a man examine himself and a woman the word man is for both. And so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself. Not discerning the Lord's body. Judgment. It means crema, which we get crime from. See, even the babies don't like to hear that. He's probably in his, was that baby Samuel? Oh, who was that baby? Oh, okay. Jacob? Well, that's not bad. Either Jacob or Samuel speaking is fine with me. Woo! <laughs> I had an angelic encounter, and his name was Jacob, which is Jacob. Because even the children wouldn't want to drink judgment to himself not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. If we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. So I think the first one we should judge is us, like you. You judge you, I'll judge me. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may, we may not be condemned with the world. Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. 
But if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, lest you come together for judgment, and the rest I will set in order when I come. So whether or not kids can eat or not eat, that's, I leave that discernment to you as parents. But I know even the theology that I grew up with where you had to be saved and baptized before you could have partake of it. I love my mom. She was the fourth generation of ministry and she always saved a little bit of bread and a little bit of juice for me. Because nowhere in my scripture does it show an age that you need to be. To be baptized or to celebrate the Lord's Supper. There's no age group required as far as I'm concerned. But if you feel your child's in a very bad place or bad spot, that's your, your choice that you need to make between you. But I bet you they wouldn't be happy if they don't get a fish cracker. <laughs> you will. They could even be stale fish crackers, I don't know. At least they won't be leavened. Oh, boy. I'm going to call up. I didn't even assemble them yet, but let's just call up four elders if, there's, if you're here. We have two fish cracker containers, and we have four uh, grape juice turning to wine containers. John, if you could split that up. My heart in doing this spontaneously is that it's highly, highly critical that we get unity with Father first. We get unity with Jesus. We get unity with Holy Spirit. So if you have a judgment against somebody, just eliminate it in Jesus' name right now. Because I tell you what, I, we're moving into a season where I believe true, the holiness of the word of God, the honor of his word is rising in such a level that we do have to watch what we say. Of course, we can go off grace, grace, grace. I love grace. It was my mom's name, Vera Grace, and now my oldest daughter's second name as well. But the word grace, I love it. But grace does not allow the wrongdoings to happen in your own life. Grace does not allow you to sin. His grace has given us power and authority over sin. It's by his grace we are saved. Because really, you and I didn't deserve salvation. No matter how good you might think you are, you didn't deserve it. But he said, yes, you do. Because I have sons and daughters. Communion is not a time in my, my theology that is sad. Communion for me is actually a time of a celebration of a resurrected Lord. 
Yeah, his blood shed on the cross, his body was broken, and that's what we're partaking. But it wasn't to stay in a doom and gloom season. It was to actually stay in a resurrected lifestyle. So we're, gonna, we're here to celebrate and remember on Remembrance Day. One veteran that died for the whole world, not just in one country. One veteran that nobody else stood with on that cross. Matter of fact, most of the disciples kind of got scared. But he's the greatest veteran of them all. He died, he fought, and he died for the world. But he's the only veteran that I know of that rose again and is alive today. So that means he carried the victory for the salvation of the world. He carries it. So when we take communion today, let's celebrate a risen Lord and Savior. Yes, let's clear our hearts and our minds. Ask for forgiveness if you need forgiveness. If you've spoken poorly about somebody else, you have a bad attitude about somebody else, or you have a hatred about somebody else, get rid of it. Because with hatred about somebody, you can't sit in the unity with God. It doesn't mean what they did was right. It's wrong. What means is that you don't carry that in your life. We're going to have two lines form. They'll come down this way. And we have two juices, one fish crackers in each line. So you can come and grab your juices. Um, and... Uh, And um, let's take it back to our seats, okay? Let's all partake together. And uh, if you want your kids to be a part of this, that's a good thing. I have no problem. And you talk to them. I'm just, I'm a little buzzed right now in the spirit, so I'm just trying to hear and process. Okay, God, it's 12 o'clock. And I feel like the Lord is saying, do you think I care that it's 12 o'clock? <laughs> Am I, am I, I'm just, crying out loud, I spent 30 hours traveling home to be here with you guys. Forget a two-hour service. 85 countries were represented in the youth conference in Russia. 18, 80, sorry, 85 cities, 18 countries. turned hundreds of kids away. It started accelerating last year like they had never had it before. And it went over the top this year. So they're looking at much larger venues. We had the Russian police force and FBI type people invade us, checking all the papers. Because a traditional group complained that we're brainwashing the kids. So they came and checked out on Thursday before the conference. And I was told, bring every one of my papers, my legal paperwork with me. And so I did. And, and then on the Friday, they, they were in the second row sitting with us. They were only supposed to stay a few minutes. 
they stayed the whole service. They loved it. <laughs> yeah. Here's my legal papers. But here's my right to preach the gospel. You see, I'm stalling, right? Can we get some music or some pads playing? What if you still have some disorder, disease, pain in your body, and you ate this bread and drank this cup and it went away? <laughs> What if Tom turned his grape juice into wine? <laughs> Everyone's running to this one. <laughs> and then we have some that would say, well, Tom can't do that. Wrong. What if we just have to cast our net on the other side? What if we've just been on the wrong side in our mindset of the boat? What if we just need a renewed mind that literally cast it on the other side? Well, I'll tell you one thing for sure. Negativity is the wrong side of the boat. Positive thinking excitement in Jesus Christ is the right side of the boat. That's what it is. Doreen, I'm going to get you to stand by Olga here, okay? You stand in between here. Yeah, that's it. You too hold that. Fishes. The fish bread. You never know what the Lord's going to do. feel like the Lord is also saying that many people will never know what you're supposed to do fully because many people won't have the faith to believe that you're actually the revivalist that you're actually the evangelist you're actually the pastors you're actually the teachers emphasis sometimes on the leaders of the ministry, the pastors or the preachers. We need to put the emphasis back on the whole reason of the cross it was not for one man's name or two men's name or a woman's name to be high. The whole reason of the cross was that every one of us make his name high, his name great. So 
let's all stand. You guys can make your way up this way on each side. Again, if you want to sit back to the, go back to your chairs and we're going to partake together as a body. Chuck. appointment just popped up in my calendar but that can wait there's another juice over here too you guys okay we can bring this line for the juice come over here as well
Let's all stand. Father, we thank you for sending your son, Jesus Christ, into this world. In remembrance of him, Father, his lifestyle, a sinless life, every temptation known to man, but he never failed. The only one, truly, that has ever been not deserving to die on a cross was Jesus Christ. But yet he had to die on that cross. He had to hang with that pain. He was despised and rejected. So we don't need to be. by his stripes, by his whippings on his back. We declare we're healed in Jesus' name. By the, the spear in his side, as rivers of living water flowed from his belly. With that blood ran down the cross, this earth, this ground, but by that blood, by that blood, we have freedom of sin. We have been set free. We have been set free by that blood. That broken body set us free. It set us free indeed. We are free indeed. And that resurrection gave us eternal life in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We celebrate. He is at the right hand of you, God. He is the leader of the greatest army ever <laughs> on his white horse eyes of fire hair as bright as a shining sun he's alive he's alive he's alive and as we eat of a broken body but a broken body for us you that we will eat this in remembrance of him Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior let's eat strength. He's not long, he's no longer suffering. He is celebrating. 
And in the same manner, we take this cup after supper, after our fish crackers. We take this cup. For this is the new covenant in Jesus' blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of Jesus Christ. Father, we pray a blessing on every family in this house right now. We pray a blessing upon every person in this place. Anyone watching on TV right now, we pray a blessing, Lord God. That as we drink of this cup, we are celebrating a resurrected Lord. King of kings and the Lord of lords. As we take of this cup, as we believe for our children taking it, as we believe for unsafe children, unsafe family members, that we are strengthening our unity right now today as we eat this bread and take this cup. We're strengthening our unity with you, Father, with you, Jesus, with you, Holy Spirit. remembrance of you, Jesus Christ, our risen Lord and Savior. Let's drink the cup. The Lord has shown me in a vision right now, clearly. Probably not even theologically correct, but as we drank today in unity, I see people starting to ask questions of family members, of relatives, of the unsaved, and I'm going to give you an encouragement and a caution at the same time. Do not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, number one. And when you feel and someone's approaching you and asking you something, where were you on Sunday? You tell them. Because the Lord is opening up something new and fresh in this season. That all of the houses, church houses of this valley are going to be overflowing. Packed full. Overflowing. The abundance and the favor that is being poured out on the body of Christ is huge. And you might say, well, no, there's trials and tribulations. Oh, boy. You look at the church in, in the difficult countries under great trials and tribulations and they'll teach us something. Trials and tribulations aren't subject to our relationship with God. Our relationship with God subjects the trials and tribulations. And so, Father, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we speak a blessing, we live in blessing. Lord is saying, you live in blessing to speak from blessing. Get it right, Brent. Father, we're choosing to live in blessings, your blessings. We thank you for every blessing in our life. We focus on your blessings in our lives, Lord God. And out from those blessings, we speak blessings to the people around us. And all the people said, amen. Have an amazing week. We'll see you next Sunday. Looking forward to it.